This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. What I'm excited is we're continuing our series um, today called Backwards. When I was in high school, I was um, actually the lead in one of the plays, and uh, me and my buddy, we had just wrapped up a, a weekend of shows, and we decided we are going to go relax and watch a movie. So we went to a, a movie theater, and we're hanging out, and as we were kind of waiting for the movie to start, we're, we're outside kind of waiting to, for the time to get closer, and I look over, and there's these group of guys, right? And there's these other group of guys, and it's clear to me that these guys are talking trash on us. I mean, you can just tell by their body language, they're kind of just like talking to each other, and I can tell... Uh, the things that they're whispering probably weren't nice. And so I mentioned to my buddy, uh, who, was, who was a little bit more aggressive than me, I've always been kind of an instigator, and he's kind of like, he'll, he's willing to pick a fight with anybody. This is a really dangerous combination. So I tell him, I say, bro, those guys are talking trash on us, you know? And, and, and so he, he looks at me, oh, really? You know, so he kind of squares his shoulder. He said, let's go. And so he, he starts walking over to these group of guys. And so I square my shoulders too, you know what I mean? We have our walk going on as we're walking over to see what was up. And uh, we get over to these group of guys, and uh, <laughs> he walks right up to him, and, and he, says, he says, so what's up? You guys have something to say? If you have something to say, why don't you say it to our face? And <laughs> the, the, the group of guys just get this real panicked look on their face, you know, and they tried to respond. You ever tried to respond when you were afraid, and your voice kind of gets that uncontrollable, like, shakiness, and you don't know how to stop it? And they're like, oh, we were just at the play last night and saw you and thought you guys were really cool. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so we're like, okay, cool, just checking. All right, good looking out, you know, like... <laughs> We had completely misread the situation. And really, that's what this series has been about. You know, as you embark on your journey with God and you begin to dive into the principles of Christianity, you find out, wow, the way that I think is not at all how God thinks. God thinks completely different, actually cross-grained to the way that I think. In fact, God, most of the time, thinks backwards to how I think. And so we kind of dove into this concept uh, last week, talking about one thing that's really foundational in kind of building our lives because it determines the way by which we live our life. And, and it's this, it's a foundation thing of, of who we are, right? We talked about who we are. Who I am is, is not just a human being. I'm not just a body occupying a space on planet Earth. At my core, who I really am is an eternal being. And this is really revolutionary, right? Because when I understand that I'm an eternal being, that I'm a spirit, I live my life from a different place because I understand that life just doesn't end when I die here on earth. We talked about that. And then we, we, we even went further than that. We began to ask ourselves, if I'm here, then, then what is my purpose? Why, why do I exist? And uh, as we kind of got into that, we, we, we said this statement, our purpose as Christians, followers of Christ, is to take our personality and passion, right, which we discussed we're by design, just like God has designed the, the intention that he's put into you in designing your, your fingerprint and your DNA, how complex it is. God has designed your personality, he's designed your passions and given them to you, and our purpose is to take those things, our personality and passion, and to use it to connect people to God. That's our reason for living. We took it a step further even than that, didn't we? And we said this, we said our purpose as Christians is to take our personality and passion and to use it to show love to others. Why? Because God is love, and when we show people love, what are we doing? We're showing people God. We read this scripture, John 13, 35. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples or followers, when they see the love you have for each other. We know that love is our greatest resource 
we have when it comes to connecting people with God. And why does this matter? Because, because it, it matters when we find our purpose. What are we really finding? We're really finding our sense of fulfillment. And isn't that what we're all looking for, to be fulfilled, right? Don't we want to lay down on our pillow at the end of the day, take a deep breath, and just say, I'm satisfied. I'm in this moment where, where I, I'm not striving to do something. I'm not striving to be something that I'm not. I'm not striving to think about all the things that I can achieve. I want this inner peace that comes, and what really that is is a sense of fulfillment. And so we look to Jesus, right, as our model. That's, that's what our faith is centered around. Jesus made this statement. My food or my nourishment, the thing that brings me satisfaction, is what? To do the will and work of God. And it's the same for us. If we want to experience fulfillment in life, we have to be able to identify the reason for which we were made. Our nourishment, our food, the thing that brings us fulfillment is the same as it was for Christ, to do the work and will of God. That's why it's important to identify why we're here, right? Like we said last week, you may be a farmer, that may be your occupation, but you're not just a farmer, you're a reconciler. You're a carrier of the message of Jesus that connects broken man who's imperfect, who has failures, to a perfect God, right? And our job is to use our personality and passion for farming, for accounting, whatever it is that you do, to use that to show love to others. I think it's fitting, you know, being Valentine's Day this, this weekend and, and, and today to be talking about this because I want to kind of dive into this concept of, of how do we do that? Okay, so if my purpose is to take my personality and passions uh, to connect people to God, how do I really do that? How do I love people well? Well, this is what we know about love, and we would all probably say that this is true. Love requires action. We know that's true, right? Don't we, don't we tell people uh, that, that we love? We, we don't want you just to tell me that you love me, right? Show me that you love me, right? Actions speak louder than words. In 1 Peter 4, uh, it says this in, in, in the scripture, most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. So be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless cheerfully. And uh, this is kind of what I really want us to focus in on in this passage of scripture. Be generous with the different things God gave you. I love this, this passage because it tells us that God has given us all, what, different things, and this was the revolutionary concept that we talked about yesterday. You see, we may not be able to, we may not have all of the things that we desire, but we have something that God has given us to use to serve people. So God says, be generous with the different things God has given you, passing them around so all get in on it. If words, if words is all you have, maybe you don't have resources or maybe you don't have a lot of things that you wish you'd have and all you have is words, God says, then let those words be God's words. He says, if help, maybe you have things that you can help people, you have resources, you have means to extend yourself beyond yourself. He said, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything on course to the end of time. You see, we all have different ways to show love based upon what we have. I'm talking about your talent, but I'm also talking about your treasure, your resources, your time. I love this because no one is exempt. We no longer can say, well, I just don't have anything to give. God tells us exactly the opposite. I have built into you things that you can give. And so our job is to find ways to show love based on where we're at in life and what we have at our disposal. Another translation of this same verse, it says this, just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent. Why is it a spiritual talent? Because you're a spirit being, right? An ability graciously given by God. He says, employ it or use it in serving one another 
employ it or use it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. You see, everyone has things that God has given them the ability to do, and we are to use those things to help others. I wanna key in on a new term that we're gonna be discussing kind of for the rest of our conversation today, and it's this term, serving. When we talk about serving, we talk about love requires action. Really what serving is, is serving is love in action. That's the definition of serving. When I'm serving, I'm taking the love that I have for God and the love that I have for others, and I'm putting it in to action. Here's another uh, definition of serving. Serving is this, identifying what you have to give and giving it away. Isn't it easy in our lives to focus on the things that we don't have? All the reasons we can't be generous, all the reasons we can't put love into action, all the reasons we can't serve. What God would desire that we would do is we would evaluate where we're at in life, looking at our time, looking at our talent, looking at our treasure, and instead of looking at the things that we don't have, looking at the things that we do have and using those things to serve people. Why? There's a purpose in serving. And really, these are the core purposes in serving people. It's to, number one, to, to, to lead people to God. That's why it's important that we live our lives with this mentality so that we can lead people to God. But it doesn't just stop there. We are to serve each other. In other words, we are to serve each other for what purpose? To help people that know God to grow in God. Galatians chapter five says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. What does that mean? What is, a, what is a free life? A free life is this, that I get to connect with God, not based upon my works, not based upon all the things that I do right. I'm able to connect with God based upon what Jesus did on the cross. That's freedom. Why? Because I don't have to jump through hoops to get God to accept me. So I'm able to live my life with a new sense of freedom, that I am okay, that I am meaning, that I mean something, that I am worthy because I am, because I exist. Uh, it says this, though, just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. He says, rather use your freedom for what? To serve one another in love. Use this freedom, this, this free gift that God has given us to connect with God, not based upon how good we can be, but based upon how good Christ was. Use that freedom then to serve one another in love, to give the same love that has been given to you. That's how freedom grows. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. It says this, that's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? I think in, in, in our culture, I don't know that we have a problem with this concept of serving. But I think what, one thing that I want, to ask, I want us all to ask ourselves is, do we see serving the same way that God sees serving? I think serving is actually really popular in our culture. It's actually trendy, right? We'll, we'll, we'll intentionally buy from certain brands because we know if we buy something from that brand, they'll give a free one to a person in need, right? Or a child in need. So we have no problem with serving. We'll, we'll go and we'll volunteer and we'll do things. And, and, and it's really actually popular in our culture, but it's a little different from God's view of serving. You see, our society, what society tends to do is society tends to make serving about us. 
Society makes a serving about us. This is why when we do a good deed, don't we want everyone to know about it, right? I mean, you ever seen like people's Facebook posts or, or, or tweets or Instagram posts? We, we, want, we want everybody to know what we're doing. But, but a lot of times, if we're really honest, right, we've got to be really honest with ourselves. Sometimes the motive for us sharing what we're doing isn't so much celebrating the change that's happening in someone else's life. Rather, if we're honest, if we're really, really honest, we want to be praised for the good deeds that we're doing. We think subconsciously that I should be rewarded for my sacrifice, right? Because I have helped, I've done a good deed and I've helped someone who is less than. Here's the problem with that way of thinking is God sees no one as less than you. And in reality, when we look at the core of who we are, spirit beings, eternal beings, we are all the same. My parents always taught me this, you're not better than anyone else and nobody's better than you. We are all the same. I heard another nonprofit organization actually this last week. They were raising funds, and uh, they were asking people to step up and give donations. They were gonna, it was going to go to help children in need, but they used this statement. This was, this was their motive. This was their selling point. Do good so you'll feel good. Do good so you'll feel good. And while it's true, when we do good deeds, man, doesn't it feel good? Don't we come alive because that's what we're created for? While that's a good thing, the motive is all wrong. You see, society wants to make serving about us, but God, God always makes serving about others. God always makes serving about others. Yeah, right? Because here's, here's, here's the deal. When, when, when serving, when love and action, that's what serving is, when love and action becomes about me, it ceases to be serving. It becomes what? Self-serving. The world, the, the system that we live in, it defines greatness in terms of what? Power, possessions, prestige, uh, position, we think that if we can demand service from others, that's when you've arrived, right? When you, when you climb the corporate ladder and all of a sudden everybody's working for you, right? You're not working for anybody else. That's when we've arrived. In our me first culture, acting like a servant, it's, it's, it's not a popular concept, right? When we look to the life of Jesus, though, Jesus, what does he do? He measures greatness in terms of service, not status, that's what Jesus measures our greatness as humanity in terms of the people that we serve, how many people we serve, not how many people serve us. This is tough to grasp, right? Because this is contrary to our way of thinking. In Mark 10, it, it, it says it like this. You've observed how godless rulers, he calls them godless rulers. Godless rulers, what do they do? They throw their weight around. It's about them, uh, he, he said. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. Have you ever known somebody like that? I mean, somebody that was, was, was a coworker, but then they get promoted and all of a sudden they act completely different towards you, right? Because they're in a different position and all of a sudden, rather than them being on the same playing field as you, they get this mentality uh, in their psyche that somehow you're there to serve them. God said this though, it's not going to be that way with you. And this, this is the statement that really sums up what we're talking about today. This is the statement that we have to take a second this morning and ask myself, not just do I understand it, but am I living my life from this position? Whoever wants to be great, if you want to be great in life, whoever wants to be great must become a servant or must put love into action. It says that is what Jesus has done. He came to serve, not to be served. That statement right there for me absolutely boggles my mind because if anybody had the ability to come to, to, to earth, right, and be served, wouldn't it have been Jesus? I mean, he's perfection embodied in flesh, comes to earth. I mean, wouldn't it have made sense for him to come and say, I want you to do all these things to serve me? But no, Jesus didn't. Jesus himself says that I have not come to, I have not come to be served, but I've come to serve. Jesus didn't come to change the world. Jesus came to serve the world. 
And it's by serving the world that what? He changed the world. And we're called to do the same thing, to live like Jesus, to come to serve, to find a need and to meet a need, to identify the things that we do have and to give them away. And really that should be our motive, right? That should be our motive in serving or putting love into action, always to give, never to get. Always to give, never to get. This is really tough. This is really, really tough. Why? Because, I mean, if you're like me, you have needs. Does anybody in this place have, have, have needs? There's things that you're up against. It's like, Nick, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm up against it. I mean, we can't, we can't even pay our bills, man. We're, there's stress in our home. Our marriage is falling apart. Our, our, our kids are, are crazy. We need help, right? We need help. So, so, so the question is, how, how do I help others when I need help myself? I mean, isn't that the question we're really asking, right? Okay, it's great that the church wants me to serve. It's great that God wants me to serve. But how do I really help others when I need help myself? It's, it's funny, though, because God has designed it this way. God thinks different than us. And this is a statement I'm going to make. It's a bold statement. I want you to, I want you to take it in. And it's, and it's this. The way you get out of your place of need is by serving others in spite of your need. The way you get out of your, and, and again, this is cross-grained. This, isn't, this doesn't make sense to, just to, to our normal brains, but this is God's way of thinking. This is the way God has designed it. The way you get out of your place of need is by serving others in spite of your need. Why? Because when I serve, my motive is to give at a time when my brain tells me I shouldn't be generous. Right? When I serve, my motive the reason behind me doing what I'm doing is to give at a time when my brain tells me I shouldn't be generous. This is how God thinks. In fact, in Luke 6, uh, he says this. He says, give your life away. And when you give your life away, you'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. He says, giving, not getting, is the way. Because generosity brings about generosity. You see, when we make the, the conscious decision to extend ourselves beyond our need. When we help others, God promises. God promises to take care of us. Here's the second thing we kind of got to fight against, though. When we really adapt this mentality that, okay, my call in life is to extend myself beyond my need to help others, here's, here's the human tendency. The human tendency, then, is to start thinking that other people should help me. Here's the problem with that, though, is we're reverting right back to making our life about us, which is opposite of how God thinks. So we start to think that people should take care of us or meet our needs. And this is really the downfall of, of, of our relationships, right? False expectations. We look to people to be uh, to our source of fulfillment. Why is that dangerous? Because when I place expectations on somebody and they don't meet my expectations, what happens? My world crumbles. My world falls apart. Think about that in your relationships, whether it be in friendships or romantic relationships. When we have expectations on each other and those expectations aren't met, our world crumbles because, because the thing that we place emphasis on was, was never intended for that type of emphasis. So we think things like this in the church, right? Well, they should have helped me. They knew that I had a need. I mean, isn't that what the local church is for? I mean, isn't that the message that we preach? We have this mentality. Uh, they should have given me the money. I mean, they have the money. They're really well off. They know that I had the need. What, what, why did, no, see, no, 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 no. They are not your source. God is your source. We have to refuse we got to refuse as followers of Christ to give a position to man that should only belong to God. 
You see, the purpose of our serving or love in action is to show people God and to help them grow in him. But as for us, God meets our needs, right? For God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not God will supply all my needs by other people being generous towards me. Here's a great motto to live your life by. Expect nothing, appreciate everything. This, this will revolutionize your world. Just, just ad- adapting this mentality. I expect nothing, I appreciate everything. Why? Because then when somebody does something great for you, man, you're able to, to enjoy the joy that that brings. The fulfill, wow, man, I didn't really, I didn't even expect that. What does it do? It brings an added sense of, of joy and happiness to your life because you weren't expecting it. And then when it doesn't happen, your life doesn't crumble, you don't get upset, you don't get bitter, bitter and all those things. Why are those things dangerous? Because that gives the enemy, Satan, a foothold into your life. Why? Because you're focused on the wrong things. You see, when we become followers of Christ, God becomes the supplier of our needs so that we can come alive to who we really are and meet the needs of other people through serving, which is what? Which is love and action, which is what? Which is the greatest tool we've been given in connecting people to God. Uh, Our mission statement at the church is to love God and to love people. And as you continue on this journey with God, you realize that they kind of work full circle or they work together. In other words, what I'm saying is one of the main ways we love God is by loving people. This is why when Jesus was having a conversation with Peter, right, Peter had denied Christ, he turned his back on him, uh, was was a horrible father, horrible friend, he denied ever knowing Jesus. Jesus comes back to him after he's been uh, resurrected, he comes back to life, and he comes to, to Peter and he's establishing these lines of loyalty and he asks Peter this key question, he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, Jesus, of, of course I love you. And then his response is really interesting. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. What does that mean? Well, we know that Jesus is the good shepherd. Us as Christ's followers, we are his sheep. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, if you love me, take care of people. Find a need and meet a need. You see, here's the reality. If I'm not living my life to make a difference in someone else's, my life is without meaning. If I'm not living my life with the motive of making a difference in someone else's, my life is without meaning. And you see, it's not just what we do that matters, but the inner motive behind our action that really counts. It's not just what we do because we're all gonna do different things because we all have different resources at our disposal, our time, our talent, our treasure. It's not what we do that matters, but the inner motive behind our action that really counts. In Colossians, Chapter three, it says, do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. You see, when you serve with this motive, you go from the here and now perspective that we talked about to what? To an eternal one. Because what you're doing isn't just unto human beings. What you're doing is unto God. That's what Jesus says. When you've done something unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. In other words, what he's saying, what you do for people, you're really doing for me. This should be freeing for us, for those of us that that may not like our job, right? You may not like the person that you work for. You may think the company that you work for is corrupt. It's a good thing you're not working for them really anyway. You're taking your life. You're taking the things that God has given you, and you're using those those talents, this time, those resources to, to do what? To serve people. To serve people with what? Love. Love, because love ultimately leads to God. You see, when we take care of people, we're loving God well. We're living our faith well. And after all, isn't God the one who started this whole serving mentality anyway? I mean, God didn't make man because he needed something. God didn't make man because he needed a friend. God didn't make man because he was lonely. You see, God doesn't know what it's like to have a need. 
Need didn't exist between the fall, uh, in, until the fall of man happened, and there was a chasm driven between God and man. That's when need was born. Before that, there was no such thing as need. God doesn't know what it's like to have need. So God didn't make man because he needed something. God made man because he wanted to give something. God had life in him, so he wanted to give life to humanity. God was full of joy, so he wanted to give joy and peace, right, to humanity. That's why God made man, because he wanted to give something, and that's really what serving is. It's being generous with what God has given you, time, talent, treasure. Whatever you don't have, you don't worry about those things. You worry about the things that you do have. And see, this is really, really important even when it comes to the local church. Why? Because there is no greater resource that we have at our disposal for leading people to Christ and helping them grow in God than the local church. It's just how it is. We're good on our own, but we're better together. One of us out in our city, man, we can accomplish something, but together as a family, we can accomplish so much more. The Bible says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. What does that mean? When we're together, we can accomplish so much more than we can alone. And God has called us to serve in the church. And, and there's two ways he's called us to serve the church. First is he's called us to serve in the church. And that's some of what we're talking about. To identify you know, your, your talent, the way that you're geared, and to use that in the local church so that we can reach people for the kingdom of God. To reach people that, that are hopeless and, and far away from God to find God. Here's, here's the problem if you're one of those people that, that live, I don't, need, I, don't need, I don't need church to have a relationship with God. I would actually agree with you. I don't think that you need church to have a relationship with God. But the problem with that way of thinking is, again, you're making your life about you. You may not need church to have a relationship with God, but people need you to grow in God. That's how God has designed us. That's why you have to be active in the local church. That's what God has designed you. It's not serving a man's vision. It's serving the vision of Jesus Christ, to seek and save that which is lost. I love the way uh, Craig Rochelle, he's the pastor of Life Church, the way he says, he says, we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers, right? We don't just come to church to spectate. We come to church to participate. You see, the church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. The church is not a building. The church is not the four walls that we gather in every week, and you are the church, and you exist for the world. That's how God has designed us. Uh, we have a core value that says it's on purpose for a purpose. What we mean by that is you, you're, you're not an accident and you're here for a very specific reason. We say this, that it's an honor, not a burden. Not a burden. It's an honor to use our time, talent, and passion to serve people, right? Or to put our love into action. Why? Because life change doesn't stop with us. It starts with us. We don't want to be selfish, right? We don't want to be, oh, God, thank you so much for saving me and let it in there. I mean, don't we want to live our lives open-handed? Don't we want to live our lives freely giving as God is freely given to us? We're called to serve in the church. And secondly, we're called to serve as the church. Just like I'm saying, we are the church and we have a huge role to play. Why? Because we are carriers of the message of Jesus. We are carriers of the message of hope that people need to hear. You see, when we shift and live our lives from this place, we give God room to work in our lives. Why? Because we're not making our existence about us. We're making our existence about helping others to find God and to grow in him. And for God, that's making our lives about him. In 2010, my husband was arrested 
and I had nowhere else to turn, and I just remembered Salvation Church. There was a lot of turmoil in our relationship, um, so a lot of the times we would fight, um, there was a lot of alcohol involved, um, and gang activity, I guess, from my husband, and it, I just kind of got lost in it and needed something else, so that's when I started coming. Once he was released in March of 2011, we started coming to Celebration faithfully every weekend. Within two months, we started getting involved. I wasn't really on board with it at first. Uh, I didn't want to go out of my comfort zone. I was good being fed by myself and not having to worry about anybody else. So he just told me he, we were going to go serve. I was thinking about doing the, the greeting team, but he was an usher, so I wanted to serve with him because I just was uncomfortable. So I started serving with him. We had really great leaders, and they kind of came up beside us. They were there for every little thing that we needed. So I felt that family, and that's what really made me shift because I was—I really felt like these people cared at that point. They really wanted to be people in our lives, and they still to this day are very important to us. I just started getting to know people, and then my comfort zone was—I was broken out of my comfort zone. I started getting to know people. And then I felt a little bit more comfortable with it, and pretty soon I was up and running. <laughs> Serving has done so much for us. Number one, like I said earlier, the family portion is huge. Just in general, the blessing that's been released over us since we've served. Whenever we run into any kind of problem, we've always got people backing us. It doesn't matter where we're going. I was a very headstrong woman. I didn't want to do everything that my husband wanted me to do. Once we started really serving and I started to submit under him for that, it was just easy for me to do that in general. You know, when we get into a relationship with the people at church, it's it's genuine. I didn't really want to serve either. It was out of my comfort zone. I didn't want to meet new people. Um, I was happy with our little family going to church every Sunday, and that was it for me. But the payback that I've gotten just from you know, going and serving every weekend. And I'm pretty outgoing, but I can be very closed in at, in the beginning of things. And, and if you are really shy, and there's positions for you. You know, you look around and you see all these different groups of volunteers. You've got, you know, parking, you've got greeters, you've got ushers, you've got production who's silent, but they're there and they're doing what they need to do. We all come together and we have a, you know, people get saved and people see their lives change. So, it really is that core value. Teamwork makes the dream work. Without every single person sacrificing a little bit of their time, there would be, the dream wouldn't be there. And the dream is to get as many people as we can to the kingdom. There's nothing else that can replace a serving heart. You have to have that heart. And everybody has it, you just have to unlock it. We came because we were invited by a friend that goes to Celebration Church right now. My husband actually loved it. He just thought it was really something amazing. And for me, the music and the worship was a little bit more than I was used to. But after being there for a while, I just embraced it. And I was meeting some amazing Christian people, so many people with wonderful faith, so many giving and caring, sincerely giving and caring people there at the church. And I just felt in my heart that God was saying that it was time for me to step out and step forward and help with the church as a family. The connections that we have made with other ushers, with the pastor, with the staff, is just really helped. 
we came to a point in our lives where we were struggling financially. In fact, we had just received an eviction notice from the place that we were living at. And so he placed, he put out there to the usher team a prayer request for God to help us as we were dealing with these financial struggles. So he put out the email, and I didn't even know he had done that. The following Sunday, our usher coach at that time handed me an envelope. And I didn't even know what this was about, but he said, this is for you and your husband. And I opened it up, and there was not only our rent, but there was more money that we could even use for other things that we were struggling with at the time. And God is so good because he was, through our church family, through our relationships that we developed as volunteers, as part of the dream team, we just felt like God was just letting us know that we're not on our own. We're not by ourselves. And he was just, be through the connections with the dream team and this church family. They were there to help us and support us, and we, we were not expecting that at all. Now we both have jobs, we both have income coming in, and the thing that's the closest to my heart is that now we can really tithe on a regular basis and really give back to the church. There is hope, there is joy, there is love, there is acceptance in this place that God has brought you into. We open our arms to the troubled. We open our arms to those that are dealing with tragedies and hurt and disappointment. We want you to be here because we just want to love on you and show you that God is his love and God is here to help you and God wants you to be here. You're going to connect with someone because that's what we're here for. We want to connect with you so you can connect to God's family. I've come to realize this is not just a group of people that come and worship together. This is truly a family. Every week I look forward to touching someone's life in any way possible. I guess the question uh, this morning is, is this, what would our lives look like? we could develop a serving worldview, right? That I'm not here on this planet to see how much I can get, but I'm here to see how much I can give. What would our relationships look like? What would our church look like? What would our city look like? What would our world look like if we could understand the reason that we were here to serve, to put love into action? You know what it would look like for you? It would look like fulfillment. You'd be fulfilled. You'd have this sense of, wow, my life means something. If instead of pushing each other down, getting angry, bitter, and wounded, what if we built each other up? And yeah, I may not currently have everything I want in life, but I can still make a difference with what I do have. Hear this today. You can make a difference. And we are all called to serve. I, I, I found this so true in my life. Growing up in a great Christian home, I, I mean, I've, my life is... is is littered with mistakes, things that, man, I, I, bad decisions that I made, things that, that I wish I, I wouldn't have done, but, but this, this is that I, what I know about what my faith and, and what I've been taught is God has always been faithful to me. But when you don't identify the reason for which you are here, 
you live your life in a continual cycle. It's like a, a merry-go-round. I don't know if, if you've experienced this, but this is what I've experienced in my life. You try to achieve, you try to achieve, you try to achieve, and you find out that it's empty. And so you try something else, and you try to achieve, and you try to achieve, and you realize that that's empty. And you feel like life is a grind. You feel like you're spinning your wheels. And he's like, will I ever, ever get there? I remember in my life, just, just three and a half, four years ago, I mean, a Grown up serving in the church, grown up being even on our, our staffing here at the church, different roles. And I got to this place, if I'm honest with you, I, I started becoming fearful because I looked at my life and it's like, what do I have to show for my life? I'm 26 years old, 27 years old, I'm gonna be cl close to 30. And if I don't have my life figured out by then, I mean, I mean, what am I really gonna do? Where's my fulfillment gonna come from? I haven't achieved any of the things that I want to achieve. And so I made the decision. I've always been really passionate about, uh, about the arts, about music, um, acting, things like that. And I was just gonna go after it. But this is the, and I, there's nothing wrong with that. But this, this was the problem. I wasn't going after it with the right motive. I was going after it because it was about me. I wanted to show everybody what I could do, right? I, I had something to prove. When you live your life with something to prove, man, you completely miss the point of your life. You have nothing to prove. Your fulfillment in life is solely based on you understanding your purpose. And your purpose is to take your passion, to take your personality, and to push God's plan forward, to love people. And I remember I was about this journey, and I started dealing with these symptoms in my body. And, and they, were, they were very real symptoms to me. And I didn't know what was going on in my body. I just knew that something wasn't right. And I was living my life in fear. And I, I've been taught good enough by my parents that, that, that I can't receive anything from God if I'm living my life from a position of fear. So I told my wife, let's make ourselves an appointment with our doctor. We're gonna, go, uh, we're gonna go to the doctor. We're gonna get things figured out because I wanna know what we're dealing with so at least I can have faith to believe God for what he has. And I remember on this journey, kind of walking out this journey of, of, of what's going on, I learned so much about, about God's desire for us to walk in healing, God's desire for us to walk in, in, in a whole life. And I remember the, the fear that, that, that gripped me and I remember asking myself this question. I came to this point in my life, and I asked myself, if I were to die today, what would my kids have to say about me? What would they have to say about the way that their dad lived his life? Wow, Dad, you, he really did it. You know, you, you showed them all. You know, you proved them all wrong. You did it. You climbed the ladder. You made a name for yourself. So, so good, right? You, right, right, Dad, look at the things. No, see, that, that was meaningless to me. I want my life to be about others. When I go on to eternity, I want my kids to look back and say, my dad lived his life to help other people because if I am not doing something with my life to make a difference in the life of somebody else, my life is meaningless. I'll constantly be spinning my wheels, grinding my wheels, trying to find my purpose in something that I wasn't made for. And the same is true for all of us. So I made the decision, while I still have those aspirations and things that I wanna do in life and I know God is gonna use me just like he's gonna use you, I made the commitment to live my life from a different place. Not a place about what I'm achieving, but what I can give. Not about what I can get out of society, not about what I can get out of, out of people, but what I can give of the things that I have. So I step back in to serve here at the church, to serve and, and help lead a team. But my purpose has never been to, 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 to domineer over a team. My purpose has been to serve a team. And I can tell you this, as far as our staff team goes here at Celebration Church, our, our desire is not to lord over the people that attend our church. Our desire is to serve the people that attend our church. And my, my, my question to you is, will you join that team? Will you join that team to be a part of serving our community? Serving a part, our community what? Hope, healing, restoration. I'm talking about people that you know that are broken and they need God. God. I mean, can you think about just for a second today where you were when God found you? 
Can you think about how hopeless you were, how frustrated you were? Can you think about that moment when you were God-less and God wrapped his loving arms around you? This is my, my point today. There's a community. There's a world out there that needs the same love of God that we have received, and God has called us to it. You can make a difference. You can make a difference. And so I don't know what that means for you. Maybe, maybe the serving mentality is just, okay, you're right, Nick. I, I need to live my, 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 my life with my, with my hands a little looser. I need to be a little bit more generous. I need to think about others more and think about myself less. Maybe, it's, maybe for you, maybe you've been, uh, you've been here going to the church, but man, you, you say, Nick, I've just been spectating. I've been a consumer. I've come every weekend and I really enjoy it, but it's been all about me. Would you make the leap today to get involved? Would you make the leap to become a part of the team and serving our community, joining our dream team? What does that look like for you? If you wanna make that decision today and join the dream team, there's a card right in the seat in front of you. It's a dream team card. You can fill it out and we'll connect with you and get you plugged in. Why? It's, it's, it's not about building an organization. It's about spreading the message of Jesus Christ to help people, people that you know, your family members, your kids that are running from God, people just like them, people like Ann and people like people you saw in the video, Rudy and Cassie and and being a part of a family that leads people to find hope in Jesus. Let's pray today. God, we just, we just are uh, awakened, I guess, to the realization of, of why we're here. And God, this is a backwards way of thinking for us. So even though we've heard it today, our, our request is help. God, help us not just to, to, to hear it, but help us. God, can you help us to get it? Can you help us to live our lives from this position? Not serving the vision of man, but serving the vision of Jesus Christ. That that would be what our lives are about. That you would use us, God, in mighty, mighty ways as, as we commit the things that we do have. We may not have it all, but God, we commit the things that we do have. Forgive us for being selfish and making our lives about us. God, we ask that you help us to make our lives less about us and more about others. That's what you did. That's why you made us. That's why even when we turned our back on you, you sent your son to reconnect us with you. If you're in this place today, you've never made a decision to receive Jesus at all of our locations. This series has been about this backwards way of thinking, identifying who you really are. You are an eternal being here today. You live forever. Your life does not end when your life ends here on earth. The Bible says we spend eternity in heaven or hell. The great news is whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. When you Place your faith in Christ. God accepts you, not based upon your works. We all have failures. We all have mistakes. You're not too dirty for God. You're not too far gone. It doesn't matter about the secrets that you have. God is not intimidated by your secrets. He's not intimidated by your mess or your brokenness. In fact, he wants to help. But he needs you to place your trust in him. We're going to pray a prayer. And I, I, this is what I ask. At all of our campuses, would you mean this prayer with all of your guts? If you're praying it for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Can we pray this prayer together? And just maybe recommit our faith to establish what our faith is really about. We're a family. Nobody prays alone. Let's pray this. Pray this after me. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart and I confess out of my mouth that you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived for me. I believe that you died for me. And I believe you came back from the dead for me. I ask for your help to live the life you made me to live. Today I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. We celebrate that decision with you. You made it for the first time today. This is what I know. 
I know, I know that you are not an accident. And, and I, I want this to go from a place of more than just me knowing you're not an accident. I want you to believe in the God that lives on the inside of you. Harness the, 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 the truth today that you can make a difference. Don't be moved by the things that you don't have. We all have things that we want that we don't have. Focus on what you do have. Focus on the talents, the abilities, the passions, the, the things that God has given you. Find what you do have and try your best to give that away. Why? Because when we do that, we're putting our love into action. We're serving. And why is that important? Because when we love others, we're showing people God. We're showing people God. And that's what... This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information please visit celebrationchurch.cc.